0: So when Joe Moody called earlier this week and said, "Um, I'm not going to be able to make it, I'm like, oh. But then she said, but I have a lady from my board who travels with me, and she's really awesome. I'm mean, like, that sounds really cool. Okay. And I talked to her, and it sounded really cool. And I'll, after this afternoon, you guys, we are get ready to be blessed because this is my new friend, Kathy Fry. And it's just very clear she she really loves God and she just really has a heart for all of you to help all of us get activated into the fullness of who we are in Jesus Christ because we for all for each and every one of us there is more so get your hearts ready to be opened up <laughs> all right here she is thank you thank you thank you it is such a joy to be here I was actually riding shotgun um, with Joanne. I had planned on being here with her, and uh, so when she called me on Wednesday to say that her father passed away unexpectedly, um, she needed to hop on a plane and go to Chicago. And so that is where she is right now. Um, But I just want to tell you that her father, and those of you who were here this afternoon got to hear a little bit, but... Um, Her father knew the Lord, and he met the Lord by Joanne, and it was about a year, year and a half ago that she was able to lead her father to the Lord. They were in the kitchen, and he was having some pain trying to load the dishwasher, and she came in and asked if she could pray for him. She was visiting him at that time. He said yes, and uh, so she prayed for him, and the pain went away that he had had for many, many years. And he asked, how in the world did that happen? And so she was able to lead him to the Lord. So even though he, yeah, thank you, Lord. So even though he um, passed away, it was a very sweet passing, knowing that he was in a right relationship with the Lord. Um, He also passed away in his sleep and uh, literally sitting in a recliner chair. So thank you, Jesus, for that. Um, there are churches that we go to. We travel lots of places. And there are churches that we go to that it isn't easy. Uh, it's a struggle, and we feel like we are breaking some hard ground, breaking some ice, um, But then there are other churches. (laughs) Yes. And a few months ago, we went to one of those other churches. If you've ever heard of John Wimber, raise your hand. Well, we didn't go to his church. (laughs) But we went to a church in Chorleywood, England. And that happened to be the first church where revival broke out in England, in the UK. And it is the church that John Wimber visited and began to pray and bring the Holy Spirit in. And that church, um, they had, things shifted. And no longer were they moving in the Holy Spirit, but um, they had some pillars of the church. Hang on a second. Those pillars of the church were the ones who for years have been praying that once again the Holy Spirit would come. So they heard Joanne's testimony. They saw Agape Freedom Fighters, that's our ministry. And they invited us to come and bring the Holy Spirit with us. So we did. And as we brought the pillars, the intercessors of the church up, asking them to all come up so that we could bless them, it was one after another, after another, until we had about 50 people in a small church lined up, and these were the intercessors who for years have been praying and praying that the Lord would move once again. The reason why I share that um, story is because during worship, that's how I felt about this church, is the same family, the same unity that I got to sense firsthand in Chorleywood is what I feel here. And I want to honor that because I believe that the Lord is showing me that because he wants you to know who you are, okay? He wants you to know who you are. He's given me a message about inheritance, and I believe, how, how much time do I have? Are we going until 12? Midnight? Is that right? Okay. Good. It's always good to know. But I feel like there are some places where um, there's been lost inheritance, Whether it is the inheritance um, and the legacy in your family that you have not been able to step in, or the complete inheritance of Jesus, that he wants you to know that it is for you, just like that passage that was read that I'll share also in Acts 2. So that's where we're going. But before we go there, um, let's have a little fun. Because I also saw that we live um, by a water park. It's very close to our house. And so they have a lot of slides and their water slides. And so I also saw um, that the Lord was taking us on some water slides tonight. If you're up for it. I know I am. Always. I had some words as I was driving here. And I want you all to know that I did not text them and drive them. Drive, I actually spoke them into my phone. And you can tell because one of the words is caught a ring around the head area. But that is not what I said. So we need to disregard that. Unless you have a ring around your head area, There we go. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Ah, Come on, Lord. Wow, Siri knew more than me. (laughs) Okay, so, um, God is so fun. And this one doesn't make sense to me either. Who wrote this? Okay, so here's what I heard. I heard a heartbeat, um, and I knew that it was a strong heartbeat, and it was the heartbeat of God. But the person felt like they were not in line with the heartbeat of God. And so if that is you, I want you to stand up right now because I actually want to pray for you. It was a, like, a, they they didn't feel like they were connecting with the heartbeat of God. They were just off a little bit. So if you are brave and you want to stand up, I would like to pray for you. This is this is a um, participatory time right now. And so if you are not standing, if you could please intercede. I'm going to bring Lori up, and uh, we will both pray. So you can reach your hands out toward those, towards those people, or you can just... Pray and intercede. Father God, we thank you. I thank you that you align our hearts, whoa, with the heart of heaven. And so in Jesus' name, I just command right alignment and right beating over these hearts right now. Lord, that you would restore their heart once again to hear and beat with yours in Jesus' name. I pray more over Matthew right now in Jesus' name. More, more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray for increase right now in Jesus' name. Increase. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And so, Lord, this would be a night of complete restoration In the way that you have designed each one of them to hear you, to feel you, to walk with you, that you would do that for each one. Every hindrance be ushered out the back door in Jesus' name, Lord. Open heavens over each one in Jesus' name,
1: in Jesus' name. Amen. We just thank you, God, for what you're doing right now, for your water that is rushing in this place right now, for your truth that is being declared. And we just bind the spirit of lies right now. The enemy is trying to deceive and saying that you are not in line with God when you are exactly where you need to be. And we just declare his truth over you right now in the name of Jesus. And that your sensitivity to him, that you would be able to feel his love for you right now, that it would rush in and every burden that is keeping you from feeling his love would fall off right now in the name of Jesus. We just, we come against those burdens. We actually curse those burdens right now in the name of Jesus and we say they must go. They have no place because they are not your burden to bear. God has said, Jesus has said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, so trade them in. Trade them in right now. If you would, I'd just like you to put your hand on your heart for any of you who are feeling the burden right now. And I want you then to take that hand, and I want you to lift it up to Jesus. I want you to say, right now, Jesus, I give you my burdens. I give you my burdens, and I thank you that they are easy for you. I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing and I want you just to see those burdens flying away. Literally, they're flying away right now in the wind. And you can wave to them. Wave goodbye as they're gone. Don't go far. Thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you, Jesus. You can sit down, and I believe that the Lord has more for all of you that He is going to encounter all of us, but I believe that he is going to encounter all of you and restore some things back to the right alignment with him. Whoa. So, um, if this means anything to someone, uh, it's a man, and I heard the word tonka truck. So, if you are a man in the... The whatever a Tonka truck even is. <laughs> if that means something to you, I'm just going to invite you to stand and be brave. Okay. Who has a Tonka truck? Fred. Who's red? Fred. Fred. Who's Fred? Fred, when we talk about a Tonka truck, and we're asking—no, I'm kidding. (laughs) 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 Okay, Fred, how are you doing? You doing okay? Okay. Considering the situation, so you fell on a Tonka truck. Yeah, five years old, two
1: years old. Okay.
0: You remember it still? Okay. Okay. So I am just going to ask the Lord if he has anything else he'd like to give me, because all I saw was a Tonka check, and I saw a little boy with a Tonka check. Yes. It's probably me. (laughs) Okay. So, Lord, I just ask, do you have anything else for Fred? Right now, I feel like Fred, you are a strong man. That the Lord says you are a strong man, and that there are some things that have been taken from you. Whoa, that you don't think that you are a strong man anymore. And it's gonna be a short word, so <laughs> you'll be able to remember it. Or Tracy right behind you will remember it for you. And so I just declare restoration, complete restoration over your life in every area that you feel like strength to your body and to your heart has been taken from you. I pray complete restoration over your body from head to toe. And I just bless that chin in Jesus' name and your body completely. And so, Lord, we thank you for Fred. We thank you that he is your son, dearly loved. And, God, I pray for an increase in strength in him, not only physically but also his heart and his mind, Lord. Amen. Amen. so I um keep having to put in my password to my phone (laughs) oh okay this one is interesting um this is a woman and this is as I was driving this is what I saw um I saw somebody who keeps old cards, like for years and years, have kept cards, greeting cards that they have received, and if that means anything, I know it was a woman, Um, if that means anything to you, I have several, several, okay, several, more, more, okay, if that's you, um, and you can stand, I, I want you to stand. Wow, see, I know this is not me because I am not sentimental <laughs> at all. My husband keeps cards. We've been married for 26 years. He still has cards. I have none. I don't keep any. So that was, a, that was I knew that that was the Lord, not me. So here is what I heard about each one of you. I heard the Lord say, and I don't know if this makes sense, that you, every card you keep, but you also have been sending prayers up in the same manner. And there are prayers that you have been praying for many years, and you aren't sure that God has heard them. And that he has seen them and that they will be answered. And he wants you to know that they will he hears them. They rise up to him like incense. And so, God, I pray over all of your daughters whoa, who are standing up right now. God, I thank you for their heart of intercession. I thank you for their heart that they remember and they cling onto the promises of heaven and that they go back and they pray over their loved ones and over their loved ones and they are relentless. And so, Lord, these relentless ones, I pray for encouragement and endurance and strength over them in Jesus' name. Wow, you ladies are incredible, and you are special in his kingdom, and you call things that are not yet into be. And so I bless you, and I am honored, the one who is not sentimental at all. I am honored to be in your presence. You are significant in the kingdom. Thank you. Does anyone have a birthday December 15th? Or does December 15th mean anything to you? Here's a weird thing. I was in England and... um, it wasn't a birth date, but it was the day that they were supposed to be born. <laughs> and that was significant. So um, if December 15th means anything, what, what does it mean? I'm not sure I caught that. But is she an older sister, and so she was named you, and then they renamed her, and then they gave you her name. Okay, How is your sister doing? You think she's okay? What's her name? It means family, okay, hmm. yeah, what's your name? Rossello. Okay, so God, we pray a blessing on these two sisters. God, I thank you that you are the one that name your children. And God, I pray complete destiny and, pers- and purpose in your daughter's lives. God, I pray that you would increase even tonight for them to be able to hear your voice. I pray for encounters for them that go beyond what they've already encountered and how they've already seen, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way over them. God, thank you that her name means family, and Lord, I pray that you would bind this family together in Jesus' name, that they would represent what you intend for families to be. So, Lord, we pray a blessing in Jesus' name, over this family. Healing, refreshing. Yes. In Jesus' name. Wow, bless you, sweetie. Let me put in my password again. <laughs> wow, okay. Um,. I'm pretty sure this is a veteran, uh, because I saw an Army tank, and um, do we have any veterans? Army veterans? Not Army? Is Army the only one who has tanks? Okay, we have two. Two veterans? Okay, I want to speak this over both of you, okay? that I heard the Lord say when he showed me that your glory days are not behind you. They are in front of you. And you are so special to him that he gave, he gave a word that I didn't even speak. So. Amen. So good. It can only be God. So I want you to reach your hands out. Tell me again your name. I met you. Mark. Okay. So, Father God, we pray a blessing over Mark, that his glory days are not behind him, but what is ahead is even more glorious than what was behind. And so, God, we pray a blessing on him and what you have put in his mind that it would be successful. Lord, we pray a blessing over the veterans that have given up so much and so much has been lost and so much has been stolen. Lord, that you would use Mark not only to restore their health and their mental ability, but also their finances and everything that has been robbed, complete restoration, Lord, in Jesus' name. Wow. Bless you, Mark. say that again. Kingdom trail blazer. blazer. Amen. Amen. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, the rest of my words don't make any sense, so I know. Um, I believe I was probably singing at that time, and it just picked up my singing. So, this is Pentecost weekend. Yeah, and it it cost a lot. Did you catch what I did there? Okay, it cost a lot. When I was asking the Lord about Pentecost weekend and what he wanted me to know, he gave me the word infuse. And I thought, wow, that's interesting, okay. And so I looked up the word infuse, and it means to fill, to pervade, to instill a quality in someone or something, to soak in a liquid, that's cool, to extract the flavor or the healing properties. That's what infuse means. Without the Holy Spirit given to us by our Heavenly Father through Jesus, we would have no church, no evangelism, no supernatural revelation, no impact, no miracles, no healings, or the expression of power. We would have no authority in Christ. Jesus builds his children who partner with his kingdom through the Holy Spirit, and it is limitless. What he can do when his power fills his children and his kingdom expands on the earth. First Thessalonians three, twelve through thirteen, this is the message version, says, May the God, our Father Himself, and our Master Jesus clear the road to you, and may the Master pour on His love so it fills your lives. And splashes over on everyone around you, just as it does from us to you. May you be infused with strength and purity, filled with the confidence and the presence of God our Father when our Master Jesus arrives. My husband and I, we own a business. Um, and the thought, we have three children. They're 18, 16, and 13 and the thought of passing our business on to our kids at this stage in their life—somebody um, is shaking their head. That's right, it's a, it's a no. We wouldn't, we wouldn't do it. Um, right now, our children receive the benefit of being children of parents who own their own business. You tracking with me? Okay but they cannot participate with the business because they haven't been infused with our culture for our clients. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't treat them how we treat them. Actually, I know they wouldn't treat them. Some may, some wouldn't. Our kids haven't been infused even though they have the desire, they haven't been infused with our heart for our clients. And that is why we haven't passed the business on. But they do receive the benefit. I'm going to talk about inheritance and birthright blessing because it is two different things in the Bible. Receiving the benefit of the kingdom is inheritance, okay? If you are in Christ, you are receiving the benefit of the kingdom. Whereas participating in the kingdom is stepping into a birthright blessing. And the one who has that birthright blessing is Jesus Christ himself. An inheritance was received by sons in Bible times. And it was a doling out, an equal portion to every child. Okay? Lori gets this much. You get this much. You get this much. It is an equal doling out. And a birthright blessing only went to the firstborn. And a birthright blessing was a father giving over his kingdom, his business. David gave it over to Solomon. That is the difference between an inheritance and a birthright blessing. It's even different in the language. If you translate, we only have inheritance and blessing... But in the Old Testament, a birthright is translated only for the firstborn. And it's a blessing. And the Hebrew root, I'm sure you've heard this word before, is barak. It means to kneel, an act of adoration, prosperity, blessing, to present In the Old Testament, an inheritance means to divide, to give, to leave. They are two different words. In the New Testament, depending on what translation you use, sometimes those words get mixed up where it originally was used as a birthright blessing. It is now translated an inheritance, which kind of gets us mixed up. The New Testament inheritance means position. It means an apportionment. I want to talk to you a little bit about, we'll go back to Genesis, and it's Genesis 25. You don't need to go there. I'll go ahead and read it for you. It's talking about Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau, if you're familiar with the story, um, the first one came out red and hairy, like garments all over. It's not very pleasant. So they called him Esau. Afterwards, his brother came out. His hand took a hold of Esau's heel, so they called him Jacob. Jacob literally came out symbolically and literally grasping his brother's heel. Verse 29, now Jacob cooked a stew and Esau came in from the field and he was weary. I want you to remember that. At a time when Esau was weary, an exchange was given. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. The invitation happens to exchange, to take a momentary provision and exchange it for future provision. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die, so what is the birthright to me? Believing and speaking that lie, coming into agreement with, it, with his mouth, he basically said it doesn't matter. And he did the exchange. Speaking that lie, he convinces himself that that exchange is fair and it's good. Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore, and he sold his birthright to his brother Jacob. He made a covenant promise with Jacob, and he verbally gave away his rights to his firstborn blessing. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew, and they ate and drank, and they went on his way. If you know the rest of the story, it goes on that not only did Esau give up his birthright blessing, but he also gave away his inheritance to Jacob. And it was all from an exchange that happened when he was weary. Furthermore, when Esau gave it away, he shrugged his shoulders like it didn't even matter. Okay? I want us to turn to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 4, I'll turn there. You can just listen. Matthew chapter 4, we're familiar with this passage as well, but I want you to see the parallel. This is when Jesus has been fasting for 40 days. When he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry, an exchange was invited. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Satan speaks of satisfying the flesh. A momentary flesh satisfaction that he would give up all that he had. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus does not entertain that invitation. But he remains holy, fixing his eyes on the Father. Then the devil took him up to a holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. Side note, right there where it says throw yourself down, if you look at the original Have you ever heard of being slain in the spirit? Slain in the spirit is actually not in the Bible, but falling down before the Lord is. Throw yourself down right there is the same word that is used for when the priest can no longer stand, but they have to fall in the presence of the Lord. I want you to realize that because it's not just that Satan wanted Jesus to bow down. It was that he wanted to be recognized with all the power and the presence that not even Jesus could stand in his presence. It's significant. It's more than just bowing down. It is a falling down because I cannot stand in the glory of the one who is in front of me. That is what Satan wanted from him. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Satan brings another exchange, and Jesus says to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Jesus only speaks truth, not allowing lies to flow from his mouth. Again, the devil took him up on a high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Satan comes with the ultimate exchange. Sell me your first born birthright blessing. Give it to me. Let's make this exchange. Jesus said, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Jesus speaks and says he only serves and worships the Lord God. The devil left him, and the angels came and ministered to him. You doing okay? I want us to move on to Hebrews chapter 12. it speaks of how we participate with our blessing and our inheritance in the kingdom. But there's a parallel. I want you to see this parallel. Therefore also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Recognize that exchange for our participation in the kingdom happens when we're weary. It happened to Esau, it happened to Jesus. It happens when we're weary. We take a momentary fix and we exchange an incredible cost. It happens when we'd rather hang on to something other than Jesus. It says, do not let sin ensnare us, giving up our inheritance. We have to look to Jesus The exchange happens when we stop looking at Jesus. Our flesh unrestrained will grab a hold of lies. We will speak that exchange. Maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe this doesn't matter. I can hold this and hold on to that. I can hold on to bitterness and hold on to this. We speak that exchange. We convince ourselves that it is okay We still receive an inheritance, we're still sealed, but we've given up the ability to participate in the kingdom. Verse 14 of Hebrews still says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, pursue holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. That's talking about seeing the Lord move here. Because we know when we get to heaven, we're going to see the Lord. So it doesn't make sense that we wouldn't see the Lord in heaven. We would. It's talking about seeing the Lord here. Seeing him move here. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. I I want you to clue in on this lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, because by this many have been defiled. It is significant when we exchange our participation in the kingdom with allowing a bitter root to come up, to spring up in us. It's an exchange that we're making at that moment of Ah, I can I can have both, and this verse is saying, mm -mm, many have been become defiled. Pursue peace, pursue holiness. That's when we're going to get the glimpses of the Lord and the glimpses of heaven here on earth. Verse sixteen lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. That is saying that he so easily was willing to give it up. Ah, my, my birthright blessing isn't really that big of a deal. It's fine. I don't need it. I can move without it. our inheritance is receiving a blessing but our participation with the kingdom is Jesus he's the firstborn and when we are in an intimacy in a relationship with him we get to participate in kingdom Matthew 4, 17, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus was walking in his birthright blessing when he said the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God was at hand. He was walking in his birthright blessing. When he returned to the right hand of God, He had the ability now to pour that birthright blessing on all of us who are in Christ. He had the ability in that moment to let others step in. We have a firstborn. If our firstborn is so lucky to take over our business, he would then be the one when he sits in the place of president of our company He would be the one at that moment to invite other siblings in. That's why Jesus, when he ascended, if you remember, it was after he ascended that Pentecost happened. That's significant because it was at that moment that he had the ability to pour his spirit out on all people. So I asked the question, why in the world is it important for Christians, for believers, to be infused with the Holy Spirit? I'm going to put the mic down because I have something that I'd like to show you. So if I gave this to you now and I said... This has all the properties of tea. Would you believe me? Would you believe me if I told you now that this even has caffeine in it? Yes. Yes. So, I want to move on to why Pentecost was so important. Okay? John chapter 20 Then the same day at evening began the first day of the week when all the doors were shut. The disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad that they saw the Lord. Jesus said again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I also send you. When he said this, He breathed on them, and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. There, in that moment, John chapter 20, there was no rushing wind. There was no speaking in tongues. There was no fire coming from heaven. But Jesus did something significant. He breathed on them because the breath of life was poured out on them. And because the breath of life came, they were being prepped to receive the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit at this moment, but it wasn't a power encounter. I believe in this moment it was actually a love encounter. Okay? Jesus was prepping them to receive the infusion of power of the Holy Spirit. In Luke 24, it says, this is verse 31. He was with them. He broke bread with them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. Verse 32 they said, I want you to catch this because I know that some of you have experienced this. They said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road? It's like, yeah, my heart burned. Did your heart burn? What was that about? What was happening was the, Jesus was prepping them. Luke 24, 46 through 48, Jesus gives the great commission. Go into the world, preach repentance and forgiveness of sin so that they will turn to me. You are my witnesses. But he says, Wait. I will send the fulfillment of the Father's blessing, of the Father's promise to you. Stay in the city until the mighty power of heaven falls upon you and wraps you. In Acts 1, we move right in. Luke is writing to Theophilus, which means lover of God. We are all lovers of God, and so this message is for us. After the sufferings of his cross, Jesus appeared alive many times to these apostles over a 40-day period. Jesus proved to them with many convincing signs that he had been resurrected. During these encounters, he taught them the truth of God's kingdom. And he shared meals with them. There's a significance that happened right there. He was creating community. They gathered together as a family. It happened in relationship. The promises of God's word are true. No matter what we are experiencing, his promises are true. They learned to mature through talking, eating, participating. Relationship is kingdom. We are built to need each other and advance the kingdom through relationship with each other and relationship with God. Forty days is significant. If you don't know that, then, um, well, it's significant. (laughs) Jesus was tempted for 40 days. The earth was flooded for 40 days. Moses met with God for 40 days. Israel wandered in the desert for 40 days, 40 years, years? yep. Elijah fasted for 40 days, not 40 years. The disciples had been with Jesus for 40 days, and then he says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about. The gift the Father has promised. John baptized you in water, but a few days from now you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The disciples asked, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Is it time yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? (laughs) And they waited. In verse 8, it says that they would be filled with power. Some translations say they would be seized with power. How appropriate is that? Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, says that there was a strong wind, a gale force, and no one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then, like wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks, and they started speaking in a number of different languages. The Holy Spirit moving gathers people. Some mocked it. They said they were drunk early in the morning. But the others who chose to believe were changed forever. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were put into literal fire, it was so that they could stand up after they got out of the fire. What happens when we encounter the Holy Spirit in power we are able to stand up in power and move and advance the kingdom. This is our inheritance. This is the birthright blessing of Jesus. I'm going to invite, if you can, I'm going to invite you up because I'm about to pray for people. I believe that some of you The Lord wants to move. He wants to restore some things that have been taken from you. This is Pentecost. We still celebrate Pentecost. We still celebrate a fresh filling of fire, a fresh filling of power. We still celebrate the power of Jesus to advance our Father's kingdom, to work his purposes in a way that only he can But what has to happen, we have to be infused so that even though our label on the outside might say believer or might say Christian or might say follower of Jesus, if we haven't changed on the inside and if there's nothing different on the inside, it doesn't matter. People aren't going to believe what our label says on the outside They're not going to believe the tape that we've put on ourselves. They're not going to believe the badge that we carry. If the things that are on the inside don't look like Jesus, don't look like love, don't look like power, people will not be drawn to Jesus. We have to be infused with the love of God. We have to be infused with the power and the fire of God. I believe that that is what he is here tonight to do. Some of you need deep, deep refreshing. I'm going to invite those, my team and the intercessors of this house to come up. My father is a pastor. I grew up in a very conservative culture that did not believe that healing gifts were for today. What changed? What happened? When my youngest was eight years old, he got radically healed. God did not care that I didn't have a theology for that. Amen. He didn't ask my permission whether or not he could heal Jake, our youngest. He just decided to do it because you know what? Jake was asking. He was asking that he would be healed. So God listened to him instead of me. And it changed everything for our family. Everything. Recently, my mom, she had a spot that came on her lungs. It showed up in an x-ray. Thank you. I'll give this infusion to someone later. My mom is having a hard time believing in healing. She wants to believe, but she's having a hard time. She was going back for a second x-ray seven days later, and I called her the night before. And I said, Mom, can I pray for you? Before you go in, she said, I would love that. Over the phone, I declared, This x ray will be clear in Jesus' name. She went back the next day. Her doctor said, I don't know how to tell you this, but you have a clear x ray. Thank you, Jesus. A few days later, my mom and my dad were at a church that we got to speak at. And as I shared testimony and my husband shared testimony of what the Lord has been doing, I asked anyone who wanted the more of God to stand up. And as I looked all the way back in the church, my own mom and my own dad were standing up for more. They're in their 70s. God's not done with them yet. They want to know how to advance his kingdom. And God answers the words and the cries and the heart of the hungry. So I want you all to stand. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to begin moving. And what that looks like is if you have, if you begin to shake, if you begin, your legs begin to shake, if you begin to get really emotional and you have no idea why because you're not an emotional person. I'm going to tell you that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God. He has something more for you. If your ears begin to burn, if a part of you begins to burn, I'm telling you that's the Holy Spirit. And He is wanting to do something. He's wanting to encounter you tonight on Pentecost weekend. And so I want you to just position your hearts to receive what God has for you. If he begins to move, only if he begins to move, I want you to come up here and receive prayer. Because we want to honor and bless what God is doing in this house. And once we close that time, if you're in need of prayer for healing, we will pray for healing for you. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you would fall, that you would come. God, I thank you that you not only dwell in us, but you are also near us. And so in the same manner that you hovered over the earth in the very beginning, that you came in like a rushing wind over Pentecost weekend, God, we ask that you would do it again, that you would move in a mighty way over us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, we pray for your ministering angels who have been here, who have been waiting to participate in kingdom. And Lord, we say release in Jesus' name. Release them to do what they are here to do in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.